0: Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom! Far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my! I have not enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we discuss fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Kargi, back after another week off, and uh, I'll have to start with a big thanks to a long-time listener and even longer-time legend Mitch Evans for joining the boys on the pod last week. Definitely uh, over long overdue. Um, we'll have to make sure his name goes up on the podcaps uh, on the website when I get around to putting up a page for that and in the show notes. H- Harry, I assume we still have podcaps in the show notes. Do we even have show notes? Um,
1: yes, we have show notes. Yes, he's on the podcaps. And, yes, you do need to do something on the website.
0: Fantastic. Um, <laughs> and, yes, you Speaking of the boys, uh, joined again by Harry and Nelson, the co-stars, uh, both, in fact, beating me in the podcaps, beating me in the podcast, really. Uh, boys, how are we and how did we enjoy the rugby on the weekend?
2: Yeah, look, I, I loved the the footy on the weekend. Got to get out to the Tars match second week in a row, which has been pretty good to, to go see. And there's plenty of positive signs. There was a pretty vocal cl- crowd, but, uh, you did know, know it, was, it was good footy.
0: Did you and Ellen get half the stadium um, each, like to yourselves, or um, what, how did it?
2: It actually wasn't a terrible crowd, you know, considering everything that's been going on. I, I don't know what the figures were, but it was very vocal. But I do feel
1: like a lot of people came up from Canberra.
0: Very good. Now, Harry, what about yourself? Did you catch all the footy?
1: Man, I did. Uh, I went out to the rugby with Nelson. It was, like you said, it was a good game despite the loss. It was uh, very encouraging to see the TARS actually giving a crack. And, uh, you know, you gave Mitch a shout out, but I want to give a special shout out myself. We've been taking some, uh, I I guess, tips from people and some feedback on board this week to record a bit late, which I'm sure you're going to get to in a second. But on the note, knowing that we were taking feedback at Russell, the rugby has said he's keen and happy to take over for you, Kagi, on the (laughs) podcast. And I thought that was a brilliant idea. Um, You seem to have shut it down, though.
0: Well uh mate I I'm all ears look as a as a man of the people uh, this is the people's show the fantasy rugby people's show um look I mean is, if if this is are these just hollow uh claims like I mean we can get well, he? on uh,
2: I mean he's always got as many wins as you in our fantasy comp this year
0: and he's not in our fantasy comp that's so, um, that's fair you do well. uh, look I um I did take the week off I was up in Queensland uh, I was moving up there for two reasons I was basically waiting until either my fantasy team got a win or the Waratahs showed any promise whatsoever. And, um, yeah, obviously I'm back this week, not because my fantasy team got a win. Um, so um, take from that what you will. I did, in fact, go down to Harry. I've oh, very well done. Harry is being very modest. Not uh, he's, he's held it in till now. I'm sure it would have erupted at some point. But uh, oh,
1: Look, you brag about the big ones, don't you? You just don't brag about <laughs> the ones that mean nothing these days. Okagi, you're... On cue,
0: Nelson will now talk about how he's doing this season.
1: <laughs> no, no, no! I wasn't going to talk about how I'm doing. I was actually going to talk about how
2: you're doing. So, we've, Harry and I have had one pod cap, you know, challenge this this year.
0: You've had two. You've competed with both of us. How have you gone out of those two? Um, it's it's not great. Um, <laughs> like it could be better. How many uh, points have you taken it's, out? It's a zero from two. Um, oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well,
0: look, good. Th- I guess things can only get better from here. Um It's one way to look at it, but
2: uh, yeah, you, know. no, you haven't you haven't
0: done any punishments yet, so it could get worse. It's True. Well, you know all about punishments, so I'll have to come to you for some advice on how to handle that. Um, Cry if it gets to that point. But uh, anyway, yeah, let's get into the pod. As Harry said, um, we're, we're you know we listen to your feedback, uh, our listeners. We value um, you know engaging with you and your feedback, and so we're going to try and do things a little bit differently this pod. Just change up the structure a little bit. Uh, Let us know what you think. We have people that want us to record earlier in the week or later in the week. We're just trying something different. So, yeah, uh, get after us. Let us know how you enjoyed it. So, uh, tonight we're going to discuss the main talking points from Draft Rugby Round 6, and then we're going to preview the fixtures coming up in Draft Rugby Round 7. So, getting into uh, Draft Rugby Round 6, the main talking points, uh, there's no points really bigger than the Highlanders beating the Crusaders and in Christchurch, no less, wowsers. What do we think?
2: Oh, look, this is just absolutely amazing. And uh, We've said, uh, at least I know I said earlier in the season, that I didn't think the Crusaders were as good or as clinical as they have been in in previous seasons. But, I mean, there's just no way any of us would have picked this. It was just off the back of what happened with the Highlanders throughout the year as well, or throughout the week, and had a lot of players dropped. I think it was about six players. These players really stood up and,
1: yeah, and they'll win this this week. Nelson and I actually doubled down on the Crusaders at halftime when yeah. they were down by seven. Yeah, and he yeah. Going, well, here's great value. They never lose, and uh, lo and behold, we were wrong. But we were happy to lose our money on that one. It's been uh, it's been an awesome upset and really good for the competition. I think.
0: And also, what about the balls on Tony Brown? I mean, you know, obviously a bunch of players with um, disciplinary issues uh, after some, you know, big house party or something the week before, standing down a bunch of his best players and sticking to his guns and not, you know, not rolling them out because it was the Crusaders. Like, that's huge.
2: I think he had nothing to lose, really. And, I mean, he, he had a 10 that's a competent 10 who was worth giving a shot there anyway. He had an 8 that was a competent 8 that's worth giving a shot there anyway. You know, like, I think it was the right call from him. Um, but, I mean, he had more to lose by sweeping it under the rug and creating a worse culture. I think it was, you know, a no-brainer despite the result. Mm.
0: True. Now, um, other quickly, the other big talking points. We mentioned that the Waratahs almost upsetting the Brumbies, um boys back the Waratahs they showed us something um look I think what there's all the cliches of um we just for those who are, are not watching us and listening to the pod on YouTube you'll find I've just put my Tars beanie on Harry's found a flag in the background Nelson obviously doesn't support the Tars, so that's fine but um how are you <laughs> um <laughs> No, it was great from the Tars. Uh, I think yeah, lots of cliches about how kickers don't um, win you games. They just uh, – I forget what the actual quote is. But um, Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> don't lose you games. <laughs> that's, that's where I went wrong. That's yeah. it. I'm yeah. confusing winning and losing a lot this year. It's, um, it's <laughs> no, no Um But still, I mean, I think Will Harrison missed. Uh, he got three from five kicks. Um, obviously, he was gutted in the end. But um, lots of positive from the Tars. That was that was a big turnaround in a week where they had the head coach dropped. Um, what we all would agree we're not going to get into it, but pretty unnecessarily um, don't really know what that achieves at this point but um, yeah, huge performance from the Tars. What did you guys like from that?
1: Well, first of all, the Jake Gordon leadership was massive. You know, the first few minutes I think the Waratahs conceded a couple of tries, first to Tom Banks and then Tom Wright Both of them, the Waratahs, did not even try to defend and Nelson and I were strapping ourselves into another 50 or 60 point loss and from there, Gordon seemed to just make them show up and keep them accountable. And I, I'm giving it all to his leadership. I don't know how much better a leader he is than the man who I will never name on this podcast again, but i got to say, I was very happy to put my Waratahs jersey back on with a new captain. And, uh, and I, I think he was exceptional. Um, the other one for me was just the kicks at goals. The Waratahs lost this game in the end because they didn't take their points around halftime. And to me, it kind of, reeked of a lack of confidence thinking that they weren't in the game. So they may as well just try and take their points for tries when they could get them. But instead, if they just had a little more composed, kick their points when they're on offer, they definitely would have been in the opportunity or position ahead at the end of the game rather than chasing the game. So they're the big ones. Yeah.
2: There was a very obvious one just before that halftime. I think they should have taken the points. Then I think three or four times they, they chose to take the line out and it was never close. You know, like it, 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 they should have learned pretty quickly that it wasn't going to be their best option at that point. But as you said, Harry, they, they felt like they were chasing the game and that they couldn't claw themselves back in, you know, with three points here, three points there. But I mean, that's, that's what cost them this one because there were some pretty easy points on offer that, I mean, no doubt Harry, Harry um, Will Harrison would have scored. So yeah, pretty disappointing, but, yeah, the leadership was definitely improved, but I, I think there was just a really solid defensive line. That that center pairing with Lalakai Fakadie and Parisi looked to be improving so much um, and, and developing. And I mean, I, I haven't, you know, the the young lock young lock pairing, uh, they've done pretty well in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's been good. Good to see Gus Bell back and and firing. I think there was quite a few positives.
0: Very good, and uh, we will move on, but uh, quickly. In the same vein as the Crusaders, did you guys double down on the Brumbies at halftime in the Waratahs game, or are you not prepared to answer that uh, as, as of this time?
1: Now we're more hopeful when it's your own <laughs> team in the game. You know, we, my 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 wife and Nelson's wife both were pretty adamant that they wanted the Brumbies to win because we did have our money riding on them. But well, again, we yeah. wanted to take the loss. We really did. Just yeah. didn't happen for us.
0: Yeah, I like it. You always got to tip against what you actually want, so you have a result either way. That's right. That's very, it's a Um, And the other two games, look, the Blues dominated the Hurricanes by the end. Kind of a slow start for them, but eventually they got it together and they really dominated that second half. Um, And the Reds smoked the Rebels um, with a very fast start. What, um, What did you guys think of those two games just quickly?
1: The
2: back and forth at, at points, you know, uh, both of them sort of blew out a little bit on the scoreboard, but, you know, they both teams sort of let the other side back in. The Hurricanes had, you know, a couple yellow cards, did well to sort of stem any flow throughout that period. I think actually took the lead maybe with one of their yellow cards just after halftime, whereas the Reds just, you know, blew away the Rebels early and we thought it could be a record score. You know, I think it was 24-0 before the, the Rebels had done anything or even had a chance to do anything. And and they're just not a team that you had the faith to to work their way back into the game, seeing as they don't score a lot of tries. But, you know, credit to them in that first half. They, they did really, really well. In that second half, they it was just too far for them.
1: Yeah, after the 18th minute when they were down 24-0, they actually lost the rest of the game 19 points to 20. So they were really competitive. It's just, you know, I guess mentally the Reds maybe not quite as switched on when they had a bit more of a comfortable lead. But it just showed that, you know, you can't let your guard down for a second against a good side like the Reds because they are just so lethal out wide. And it was good to see the Reds' attack working so well despite really changing their backline around a lot with Stewart coming in at inside centre and pushing the rest of the back line out. Yeah, no Diogunu starting, no Vunavalu. There's some pretty impressive names to have have missing and still
2: score a bunch of tries. Mm.
1: Can I just say my um, my play of the week was Scott yep. Gregory's hit on Ethan Blackadder oh. off the back of that scrum. That was one of the most impressive tackles I can remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I love those hits from Damian McKenzie this year and – there's been a couple of other players that have really stood up, but man, how who have you seen that size take a barging loose forward front on just in front of his line and just take him to school? Rack oh, it was. I love that hit. I all of a sudden like Scott Gregory again. It was awesome. It, it was a funny thing, you know. He he didn't go in for a dominant tackle at waist height or or
2: anything to try and smash him backwards. He knew that he had a hard runner running at him and he wrapped him up high. So it was it was a clear, you know, decision that he was gonna try to wrap his upper body up rather than try to cut him in half like a pace army tackle or something like that. But it was just so impressive. The, the strength he had in that tackle and to be able to stop him, you know, moving a couple more metres to get over that line, it was, it was really impressive.
1: yeah right. He went high. He planted his feet, but he definitely drove in hard. Oh, no, 100%. But it was just a completely different tackle technique, you know. He wasn't trying to chop the player. He yeah. went, I'm going to take
2: him high and I'm going to shut him down this way. Completely different decision than you see most players take there.
0: Look, I'll concede it was awesome. I'm not prepared to go as far and say that I love Scott Gregory now.
1: Oh, um, I never said love. Don't oh, you put oh. words in my mouth, Cargo. But <laughs>
0: well, that's mainly because I would just spent about five minutes talking about how much I love Ethan Blackadder just before we, we jumped on the pod. So, uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's been awesome um, this year. So, um, very good. That's the, the quick run of a few games. Harry, you've, uh, you've given us your, your point, your bang-on point of the round. Nels, what was your um, main talking point of the round?
2: Mine's just I think that evolution and, and continual growth of Fraser McBride. This is the second week in a row that he's been. Who would have guessed it? We,
0: we should have had the odds there. What was Nelson going to talk about?
2: Yeah. I, I thought about Papaletti as well. I thought about Michael Wells, but I went, no, I'll go Fraser McBride. But yeah, no, he, his last two weeks he's had 51, 54 fantasy points. And I mean, what's the relevance to, to that, to what we're talking about? I mean, it just shows his work rate, you know? He's actually absolutely involved in everything. He's had a 94% tackle success rate. That's 74 from 79. He's making, you know, decent tackle numbers each match as well. Numerous pilfers, I think he did get lucky once or twice in this match where his arms touched the ground. But, I mean, that's another skill to be able to take and, you know, be able to get the call going the right way for you there and and blow those lines in, in the breakdown. But for me, it really feels like those early years of Michael Hooper when he started to come onto the scene, be a really, really dominant force at quite a young age. And I, I just think he's got a massive future ahead of him. And I think he's taking that step up and he's proving that, you know, he is as good as we thought he was. We're
0: going to have to have a Fraser McWright section of the pod each week, uh, I think, before long. But um, no, yeah. it was pretty immense. Um, and look, I guess in a similar vein, my talking points of the round was uh, – the boys up front, the props. How good were the props this week? Specifically, how good were the Aussie props? Um, Mr. Incredible. Sorry, please. You go.
2: How good was Tani tupo's swan dive? Can no. you call
0: that? <laughs> he, look, he's got a bit of work to do on the swan dive. But um <laughs> he's a Tupo, I mean, look.
1: Yeah. But lifting that bucket ass off the floor is even too much of a challenge for him. No, he, he was
2: scared.
0: He was honestly scared. He, he backed out halfway. That has to have a new name. I don't know what it is. Look, he's probably told off by the groundskeeper because if he jumps much higher, then he's going to put a big dent in the floor. And so, you know, it's um, he's been given words, I reckon. But no, the props look, I was uh, Tupo, I'll get to him. Um, you know how much I love Tupo. But Mr. Incredible, Angus Bell returning to start for the Tars. He was a huge reason that the Tars did very, very well. Um, 65 fantasy points from a prop. Uh, no tries in that. There was He had 18 carries in the game. That nice. is immense.
2: That actually puts him at third for the week, you know, behind, you know, the drawn uh, man of the round. Two guys there that we'll we'll touch on a little bit later. So that is very, very impressive from a prop.
0: Yeah, third third for the week in fantasy points. Um, Yeah. I I think that's probably – I need to actually check how far that up is. It's probably top of the week in carries. I'm not sure if anyone else made 18 carries in a game, but I'll have to to confirm that. That's a lot. Um, Pretty high. And uh, yeah, Tuba, but look the guy Tuba, we talked about 59 fantasy points. He scored two tries and uh, I mean, he is now seventh on the reds all-time try scorers list uh, with 20 tries. Um, he's only 24 years old and he's just surpassed Tim Horan, Digby Iwani, Will Genya, Rod Davies, Heinze, Daniel Herbert. I mean, it's pretty incredible to think he's, he's going to be top of that list before long. Um, we, I, we were just talking about, I think Scott Higginbotham has the, um, uh, it's four, 41 tries, the most try, uh, tries by any forward in Super Rugby. And uh, I mean, boys halfway there. He's, he's tracking that down for sure. So um very much looking forward to that. Um, and look, honourable mention for some other props, just because I'm that excited about how well they were doing. HJH, another 48 points. He made 15 carries. So that means the TARS props got through 33 of the total 147 carries for the um, the Tars. That's wow. almost a quarter of the carries. So that's just, you're getting a huge value out of those props. So they were awesome this week. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, we all often talk about the strength of the Aussie props as opposed to the Kiwis. There's one thing we might have them in and um, I'm very excited about them. So very good. Now let's uh, move on to the um, to preview round seven. Um, no, actually, sorry. No, I've jumped the gun there, haven't I? Fantasy. <laughs> fantasy points. Um, who wants to take us through some of the top fantasy points, including the fantasy man of the match? Harry, you've been quiet, mate.
1: Yeah, so the fantasy man of the match, I mean, of the week, sorry. It's the same player as every single week. It's Cody Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> the same team at least. 68 points for him. And, and uh, Tom Banks actually had his biggest week in a long, long time as well, 68 points on the back of that exceptional for try in that first half as well. So Taylor had six carries for 30-plus metres, had a line-breaker try, 16 tackles, which is 32 points for a front row, which is just epic when you're talking about work rate for some of those props as well before. Nine out of his nine lineouts thrown as well, so just bankable points consistent for him as well. No doubt the Crusaders line-out is is one of the best in the competition for banks 11 carries for 110 meters. So, again, at that 10 meters per carry number that we always look for as an effective outside back, had a couple of line breaks, seven tackle busts, four offloads, and a try as well. So, I think he had his probably his best game in attack. He still, I still think he goes missing in and out of games, but definitely uh-huh. one of the best games I've seen from him for a long time.
0: Agreed. Yeah, look, I, th- I think there's a couple other
1: names worth a
2: mention. Like, like Afrochetti, we touched on him in that centre partnership. He got 60 points. He's been really good for the Tars. Frank Lomani, uh, how good is it to see a halfback playing on the wing? This is becoming a tradition now, a, a new thing for, for Australian
1: rugby side. A, a, trend, there's, there's a, a true, trend.
2: Yeah, a trend. That's, it, that's a good scoreboard.
1: Is it because yeah. we have no wingers or is it because our scrum halves are such good wingers?
2: I mean, if we watch Frank Lomani, it's because he's a good winger. Yeah. He, he was he's, awesome.
0: He's much faster than I knew he, than I thought he was. Do you know what I mean? His acceleration is insane.
2: <laughs> he he genuinely was a good option on the wing, and he went looking for the ball. He split the line, you know, in tight. He, he was very exciting. Um, yeah, he got fifty six points. Think, he was.
0: Yeah, sorry, I was going to say, I think he was literally the most dangerous bloke on the field. You know what I mean? And that's against the Reds. There's some dangerous outside backs there, but every time he had the ball, those line breaks he was making just um. Yeah, he was it was scary, scary good. I had one more worth I mention to to chuck in there. And that was Mitch
2: Hunt. You know, we we've talked him down a little bit in terms of actually, you know, being a consistent player um, this this season for the Highlanders. He got his shot to to start in that ten jersey um, with Yuani missing, so it was all him, and he really stood up. and I think it's the best game I've ever seen him play. I, I think he was really really solid around the panic paddock. And uh, directed his men around him very well.
0: Yeah, for sure, he was he was electric, and that yeah, absolutely the best game we've seen him play. Yeah. Super sub, we have a super sub this week. Uh, Lachlan Lonigan, that was smooth. That was a smooth transition. No one's even going to notice that when we listen back to this. <laughs> that's that's like, exactly where we're at, Harry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I noticed no difference, but that's all right. Uh, super <laughs> sub was Lachlan Lonigan, fifty-one points coming off the bench. I think he did actually get quite a few minutes. Probably should have uh, looked that one up. But um no, look he's got a... I think he got about fifty, mate, if we look at his points per minute. No, that's for the round. That's nice, Nels. I know you were struggling with Mass a little bit earlier. This time, no, um that's for that's points per minute for the year is one point zero six. So he's come off the bench a few games. Um and when he does, he's been getting a point per minute. So I think he did get I think he did get a good thirty uh thirty five minutes or something in this game. He got, it was got just quite off a half. Yeah, yeah, just after the half. Um, and, yeah, he's just looking really, really exciting. So um, definitely That's the super of the round. And the – sorry, how much? 25 minutes? 35. 30. 35, yeah. So big big innings for him. Um, and the Captain Mudd Award for he who shall never be named again on the pod, uh, Captain Mudd, you know who it is. Um, this week, Tommy Cusack, minus 19 points. He was doing his best to lose it for fantasy managers with uh he got two yellow cards, uh which then was a red card. So that was a lot of negative points. Um I, I guess he must have done something on the on the, the very short periods of time he obviously was on the field because otherwise he could have been around minus forty or fifty with uh mm. the penalties those incurred and whatever else. So he was obviously having a ripper game before all that.
1: Could I give a quick shout out to Karifi who seems to be doing his best every week to take that home battle? <laughs> every week. That's every... true.
0: This this week Karifi got a yellow card for like just. Been a yeah, no, but it, it wasn't even like his usual type of penalty. I can't remember what he went out of his way to get another yellow. I can't remember what it was this week, but um, good on the bloke. So there you go. Um, all right, this now, after my false start, now we will move on to a previewing draft rugby round eight. And we're going to start by looking at Super Rugby AU round eight this week. The buy is for the Waratahs have the buy. And uh, what do you guys think? Is this a good or bad time for the Tars to have the buy?
2: Look, I, I actually think it's it's always good for the Tars to have a buy. But no, no <laughs>
0: Tards and the buy go hand in hand. So. Yeah, no,
2: I, look I, I actually think it's quite good. They've just had two pretty physical um, matches and, and you know I think there's a bit of confidence brewing there now. So having the week off, giving themselves a bit of time to to you know to, to try a few new things if they need to, or or to build on what they've done before they, they come up against, you know, the, the lower two. Opponents for them in this Super Rugby AU to see if they can take a scalp or two. I think this is good timing for them.
1: I think any time is good for a, a good time for a buy when your team sucks. So good to give them an extra week to get organised. And, and like Nelson said, they've just had two hard games. So I think it's definitely a good thing.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I was giving you guys an opportunity to boost up the Tars there, but it was good to see that you shot on them both again. That's fine. Just evidence of the way all Waratahs fans are feeling. So. Um, with that, let's move on to the Rebels and the Force in Melbourne. Amy Park um, returning in this one. Uh, Andrew Reddy re- returning from a couple of weeks ban for a red card for, um, we're not going to call it three-week ban. i um, not going to call it punching, kind of like a gentle pushing motion of the face. the punch. We'll call it a punch, all right. <laughs> um, Richard Kahui back from a concussion uh, returning from the bench. Kyle Godwin returning straight into the starting lineup and captaining the side, the Force, uh, yeah. starting at number twelve, uh, coming back from an ankle injury, and Jeremy Thrush, uh, the old all-back, coming back from an ankle injury and straight into the starting lineup, the lock. Uh, who wants the ribbon in this game?
2: Oh look, I think we can we can share the load here with this one. Look, it's going to be interesting to see the last last time these matches. Is Sorry,
1: is that a Thrush, thrush pun? Is it share the load, <laughs> Jeremy Thrush? Yeah, that's that a good one. Thanks for that. Um, content,
2: boys. Yeah, happy you spoke over me there. Look, last time <laughs> these two teams came up against each other, the yeah. Rebels just edged the force uh, 10 points to seven. Look, it, it's going to be an interesting thing here. I think both teams have actually developed and become stronger since last time they came up against each other. The force, finally we're getting to, to see Miotti thrown into the that side who – I mean, he's just got to do some positives for them, um, no doubt, in, in terms of their attack, because that's something they've been lacking. You know, that that tend to take the ball to the line, control that, that back line and actually be a real threat himself. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see how he goes. But, yeah, look, I, it's it's going to be a pretty big matchup for both in terms of what it means for their season. The Rebels, if they get this win, lock them in at third. They've come pretty much come third, you know. No, no questions asked, they're in the finals. The Force, if they get this win, um, then the, the, you know they're at a very good shot. They're level peggings with the the Rebels, and and they've got a good crack at actually making the finals. And who knows if the Force win and neither team gets a bonus point, then the Tars technically are still in it. So <laughs> the game is alive and well for all involved here. Here's the optimist we were looking for. <laughs>
0: I
1: think the force on this one is the travel. You know, they played three games away from home. They First of all, they played the Tars and they got, to be honest, I think they escaped with a win against a very, very ordinary Waratahs side. Then they went down to the Reds up in Queensland by seven points and played reasonably well. And then the the Brumbies absolutely walloped them by 28 points. So my worry for any of the lower-ranked sides in these competitions is as the competition goes on, the team wears a little bit thin, gets a little bit tired, and sometimes the gaps between the top teams and the bottom teams starts to to spread. And I, I just wonder if the Western Force, this might be the week that you might see them start to, I guess, uh, fade a little bit more like we saw the rebels against the reds last week as well, to be honest, you know, they they turn off a little bit mentally and all of a sudden things get bad from them a lot worse than what you had expected.
0: We, we all have our um, areas of expertise. And if uh, one time one cap podcaster, the lucky is uh, the weatherman. I think we're going to refer to Harry as the frequent flyer because um, he's, he's big on the travel. Um, thinks it's a significant, um, indicator of how teams are going to go. Um,
2: yeah, off wrong. That's good.
0: <laughs> um, talking about Miotti, I think, look, we've said it every, uh, every week. I just think we say the Force have actually had a really great team, really good defensive line. The one thing they're missing has been that attacking punch. I'm excited to see not only Miotti at 10, McGregor at um, 15 again as well. Just having two generals that are kind of their play style is all out attack. I'm really hoping to see what we can do. We've also got, um, they're rolling out a new winger instead of Marcel Baraki. Uh, we're going to have Jordan and watch me butcher this name, uh, Owl of Fula or something. I don't even have it in front of me, so I've just
2: Fella, I think. I think it's Olofella. Yeah. Look, he's he's come across. He's a hell the of end. a fella,
0: apparently. Um, quite yeah. Big props on him. Um,
2: yeah, he's uh, English under twenties,
0: English sevens. That's the only problem you know, in, the, in the English
2: squad as well. Yeah, he's English. That's the big issue. But uh, Leicester Tigers player who's come across with some you know relatively good raps about him. Obviously, when you're playing you know uh, at sevens and 15s for your country and under twenties, you know you're you're clearly a good finisher. So it'll be good to see him, I think, if they can get the ball to him, which now they're going to have more more opportunity to do that, um, give him some space with a 10, actually going to hopefully create some space for outside him. And Godwin, you know, hopefully we see him have a positive influence to, to the men outside him as well. Hopefully we get to see, you know, a, a more lethal back line for the force because it's definitely something they need.
0: Yeah that's going to be a really exciting battle with um with Jordan cuz he's he's lightning quick apparently but he's he'll be up against Frank Frank Lamarney, so um that's going to be a very yeah. cool one to watch I uh, have no idea what's going to happen there um the I rebels the, the test to-
1: for the force is going to be the fact that they've completely changed their back line again like literally yeah 10, 12 11 uh 15 are all been just shuffled around like The force, more than anyone, had just decided to use this season as a bit of a trial to work out what the hell they want to do moving forwards, and I think that's going to be the biggest telling factor here is that, yes, I know the the Melbourne Rebels have got Holland coming in, who I'm sure we're about to speak about, but realistically, they're a settled unit. The Western force is just like they put names into a hat and they roll them out every single week. It's just they can't be good for their structure. It can't be good for the defense. I actually think the defense is going to get worse.
2: Yeah, I think that's where you'll see it. You'll see it in the defence, but they clearly don't buy into, you know, cohesion is an important factor here because 100%, you know, they they could have tried to work in some of these changes a little bit earlier and and actually spread them out or or do, you know, do a different method to to get some of these players on on the paddock off the bench. But instead of throwing them all in together, it's like week one for them, you know. We're sure they were decent in week one, but the the cohesion means we're going to see, you know, the punishment for them in defense as this time wears on, you know, their defensive structures won't be there.
0: And speaking of changes, a guy who we did think would be rolled out, who would roll out every week has been captain for the last few weeks, but Bernard Stander, um, he's been dropped to the bench, which I thought was, uh, you know, quite spectacular. I guess, you know, they, they probably did need to give Thomas Lazana a starting run sometime. He's a fantastic player. Um. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Fergus Lee Warner is probably their best player and they want to start him at six. Do you, I could have thought you could have started Lazana at seven and Stander at eight. That's a pretty immense um, pack for mine. But uh, he's not really a specialist jackler the same way Kiteka is. Is that what you guys, how you see it?
1: I reckon Kane Kiteka is a specialist nothing. Um, <laughs> well, I think lazana yeah. open side. Yeah, look, I, I think for me, it's a
2: no-brainer. Lazana at seven. I think Kateka gets through some work. I wouldn't call him a specialist.
0: And then also Tim, uh, you know, Tim Anstey still uh, in the Wallabies, but um, still on the bench for the force. I can't really see, we've discussed it before, but I can't really see them fitting him in. They're not going to start him at lock. They've now obviously got Siddallacky, Thrush. I know Rodder is not joining for a while, but um, you know, they're not going to start him at lock and they really want to play Fergusley Warner at six. So um, I guess we'll just, he'll make a seek to impact off the bench. Yeah. Um,
1: He'll start a game here or there. Like, Let's not forget he's only played a few Super Rugby games, so give him a bit of time.
0: Very good. All right, let's move on to the the Rebels, no, no, I think. Tip. What's your tip? Tip. No, no we, Rebels. We, no, no, sorry. We haven't about the Rebels. Same, same game? The Rebels, oh, just discussing. Yeah. We've talked about, yeah, uh, Frank Lamani starting on the wing, definitely deserved that. Um, otherwise, other, some other changes. Ulysses to the bench, Chiba Hansen to start i um, not really sure what that is other than I guess we can just assume that the Prince that was promised could be under an injury cloud again just because he lives under an injury cloud. Um, the you know, man sponsored by Elastoplast without being sponsored by Elastoplast, as we also mentioned. Yeah,
2: um, but, he, but he's on the bench as well. I, I just think for them, he hasn't done enough for them to go, you deserve a starting spot every week. You know, it is, there's so much promise there. I just don't think he's reached those limits and, and maybe this is a way to give him another kick up the bum to say, you know, pull a finger out. We want to see a bit more from you.
0: Yeah, fair. I guess like, you know, if, if it was uh, Rangi who used to be really kicking the door down, you'd think um, it would be easy to start him with uh, no disrespect to old mate Chiba Hansen, but old mate Chiba Hansen's an old mate. So um, he has not a little
2: of a chance, but yeah, look uh, and one that I'm excited about is Rob Leoda. I, I don't see him as a lock, but when he's had his chance off the bench, I, I think he's actually, you know, he's been involved and helps make things happen, you know, whether it be defensively around Rux and moors, um, you know, slowing the ball down for the other team, speeding the ball up for them, you know, in Rux and moors. But he also just runs very, very hard. He's got a bit of a deft touch in, in the pass, which is, you know, surprising for a bigger man, but it will just be good to see him. It's a more opportunity in this one.
0: I, I love Leo. Uh, he's going to smash people. Part of the, uh, the uh, burn, illustrious boys. Burn, burn boys or whatever it is. Um, and there's a little known fact, but having a majestic mullet, the same way that Bonnefa uh, Amasili does doubling the mullet inc- doubles the team's performance. So I expect a huge game from the rebels here. Um, I think need, Harry, what, what do you think about the rebels?
1: Well, first I would say Chipper Hansen is thirty-two. He's two years younger than Dane Cole, so he can't be <laughs> too old. Uh, secondly,
0: right, that's, that's past in terms of Australian hooker ages. Okay
1: yeah right okay and then secondly I'm the most excited to see uh to see the guy that we thought from the start of the year was going to be in the 12 jersey Louis Holland so we we were talking about how they manage that 10-12 access with Timur and Holland and is he going to be the guy to slide in there and I'm really excited to see how that that works and he's obviously an incredibly experienced sevens player for Australia he's got the most tries ever in sevens in Australia and he's the captain or he was the captain of the sevens side I expect him to go to the Olympics this year as well so I, I just can't wait to see his impact.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm more excited about. Hodge back at fullback or or seeing Holland start at twelve. I just um <clears> look, I, th- I thought he looked really good on the weekend. I think him and Skelton looked really good coming off the bench. They looked just so keen to get into their work. At points maybe they looked a little lost, like they were kind of uh there were so many more players on the field or whatever. I mean, I mean obviously they've played fifteens before, but God they just they're impressive athletes and I think yeah, when they get some more game time under the new
2: yeah. I just think they didn't get much of an opportunity. The Rebels didn't have the ball when they were on. But, I mean, no one throws a better long ball than Holland. So I'm excited to see him. there outside Tamua. I like the access between those two. And Hodgie shifting out to, to fullback. And, and you know, maybe he can utilise his kick and, and insert himself where he's need, needed into this game. But, you know, I'm, I'm quite excited to see that. And hopefully we see Skelton get a little bit more game time so we can actually see what he can offer. And
0: so, so I was just going to say, so what you're saying Holland uh, can throw a long ball so we can expect him to cut out the nothing that is Stacey Illy on a consistent basis and get the ball out to Frank Lomani. Yes.
1: Uh, he's going to have the game of his life in my fantasy team. Um, look, I, I would just mention as well for for fantasy footy players out there that they have said Reese Hodge. They're looking at him at fifteen for the for the Wallabies, and that they were hoping that he played there this season. But then with all the injuries at inside centre for the Rebels, that's why he ended up playing there. So I think that sheds a lot of light about what we can expect moving forwards. And Holland is actually probably a, quite a strong chance of getting some consistent game time in that position.
2: Yeah, yeah I agree. And also, Stacey Ely wasn't signed for them. So, hopefully we don't see him much longer.
0: And I think we've talked about Reese Hodge for heaps, but I, I think Hodge is a fullback. Uh, I think I've always thought that, and I'm excited to see him him play there. So. <clears throat> Should be good.
1: So, I'm going to tip the Rebels by nine. Very good. Nels. <sighs> Look, I, I'd love to say the Force because it suits the Waratahs,
2: but I'm going to probably say the Rebels to win by... It's hard to do much different because I think that's on point. I'm going to say eight,
0: uh, and to round it out, I'm going to say the Rebels by ten. So I'll have take the outlier on that one. So um. <laughs> sounds good. All right, um, let's move on to the Reds and the Brumbies. The last game, uh, if that was anything to go by, that was spectacular. That perhaps could have been a Super Rugby game of the year in all forms of Super Rugby. Um, I can't wait for this one. Uh, it's at Suncorp. Huge. Um, before we get to returning, what, what do you think is bigger, guys? Uh, the Reds at, at home in Suncorp or the Brumbies at home in, in GIO? What's got the bigger...
1: I can answer this. Yep. Reds are on a nine-game win, winning streak. Brumbies are on a one-game winning streak. I'm going Reds.
0: Toys, when you bring it back to the stats, it does make it look easy, doesn't it? Um, no, very good. All right. Um, Harry, do you <laughs> want to take us through the returning players um, and any injuries or whatever?
1: Yeah, sure. So firstly, uh, Will Miller, the milkman, has been signed for the Brumbies as an injury replacement for Jerome Brown. So he's not in the squad this week, but obviously he was actually, I think, their first choice open side flanker in the last couple of years. And he re- he retired at something like 26 27? years yeah, yeah, Super, super young. So he's uh, he's a really exciting player that we might see a little bit more of. Um, and obviously they don't really rate Tom Cusack. Um, And on top of that, you got Alan Alatoa coming back from his ban. It seems like his three-week ban went for six weeks, but either way, he's back. So fantastic to see one of Australia's best props and leaders back in the game, Uh, and I, I assume he's the captain this week as well. And then Scotty CEO as well, back from his elbow injury. So they've actually got a lot of stocks back in the front row where the Brumbies, to be honest, I thought were really, really struggling. So that'll be really important for them against the Reds.
0: Yeah, huge. Um, last time we met, sorry, we did talk about that, but uh, it was 38-40, to 40, the Reds coming away with it, um, winning with that kick. Uh, it was a kick in the, in the final, was it past... Uh, whistle. I can't actually remember, but
2: yeah, it was it was yeah, dying moments wasn't those it? No, it was the tries the
0: Pattaya try the grubber through? Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, and it was. I mean, look, that's almost a point per minute. It was it was a crazy crazy good game. The Reds. It wasn't like I I thought at first it was kind of the lead kept changing, but no, the Brumbies got away to a lead, and the Reds just brought it back. The, yeah, um, the Reds won for one minute, and it was the final minute. Well, yeah. not even a minute. The final play. Yeah. No, it was spectacular. Um, the Reds, uh, I think only one change made to the entire lineup. Uh, and that is the captain, Liam Wright coming back in on, on, off the bench. Um, I think that's exciting. Liam Wright was really showing some awesome form last year and some fantasy form last year. Um, and obviously is a big leadership figure for them. What do we see with him coming back into the fray? Um, obviously only probably about 30 minutes for this game, uh, Angus Scott Young's been having a really good season. Fraser McWright's been having a really good season. Where does he fit into the picture?
1: I mean, everyone's thinking the same thing. They flick Angus Scott Young back to the bench.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, sadly, it seems like the most realistic option for them. I I think he does, you know, Angus Scott Young has a very large work rate and he does a lot around the paddock that he probably doesn't get as much credit for as, you know, his back row partners. But if someone's expendable... You know, it, it's probably him out of the three of them, sadly. Um, but, yeah, I think he's been really, really massive for them. His line-out options and things as well has been, you know, really solid and a real strength for the Reds. But, sadly, you know, Wright's their, their captain and he's going to work his way back in. I see that that's where he's going to do it.
0: And I think that's bringing him off the bench with, you know, 30, 20 to go. Um, just, you know, if the boys need a lift, not only a player to come on and make an impact, but to lift the boys—that's huge. Having your captain come on, so yeah. that's that'll certainly play a lot. Um, otherwise, yeah, look, is still on the bench. Uh, what's the deal there? What what are we things going on?
2: Look, I, I think last week they they probably proved a point that you know it's not necessarily having the best individual players out there, but you know a, a team where you can get the most out of you know, your, your individual players. So you've got your 10, you've got a 15, you've got a, a 12 that can all provide opportunities. You've got even, you know, one of your wingers um, giving you opportunities and, and putting them in, in the right spaces on the field, giving each other, you know, better, better chances to, to really break the line. Rather than have, you know, all-out attackers, they have a team that can, you know, control where they need to be on the field And yeah, I I just think it's probably a stronger lineup for them, but it'll be interesting to see how it works.
0: For sure. I think definitely it'll be a different play style with some of those playmakers in there. Um,
2: Field position, mate, that's important.
0: Very good. Um, Finishing off selections, Ryan Smith's been consistently starting over Angus Blythe. I thought Blythe is actually really good, but... um, Ryan Smith must be doing something both in training and on the games. Uh, I haven't particularly seen anything, but probably getting too much airtime. Right, I was just talking about
1: puns on the dogs and Morgan Turanui he said he's his new favourite player. <laughs> <I think that's laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, no,
0: he has made some great, uh, great posts on Twitter. Actually, um, a few in a row. I think he's been on fire. So uh, that was very good. Um, all right, and otherwise, just props. I mean, we've talked about this quite a few times throughout the season. I think we all thought at the start of the season Harry Hooper was your uh, your starting loose head prop, but uh they have been rotating between Xander and uh Theo Fotowaika. Um and Hooper started
1: of... I think at the first game as well, didn't he? Or he was even I think so. at the start as well. So he yeah. did. It's yeah. really hard to tell just because of injuries. I think Xander's injured now as well. <laughs> My gut feeling is Xander's their new favorite.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of feel the same way. Um yeah. And whilst, look, Nongor's, Zane Nongor has certainly been getting uh, more and more minutes, so I think this could be one of those games where they just play Taniello Turbo out the 80s so, <laughs> um, against the Brumbies. I guess it depends how they're going. Um, but, yeah, probably not much gonna be Sorry? Yeah.
2: It's probably going to be tight. I don't think they'll go, we're 20, 30 ahead. Let's bring him on. Yeah, jump jumping across to the Brumbies, it was interesting. Tom Wright walking straight back into that starting side. Andy Muirhead's just gone from strength to strength really proving that he deserves that Wallaby squad call-up um, compared to... We'll not accept you that know, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Compared to makeshift wingers for the Reds, we, we talked about them missing Vunivalu and Dalgunu, and they've got Jock Campbell, they've got Jordan Pataya. Look, I think Jordan Pataya should be out on the wing at the moment. I think he's making too many er- errors at that 13 jersey, but it, it's two class, class finishers versus two makeshift wingers. So... That would be a really interesting point between these two sides.
1: Yeah. And, and I, my gut says the road's going to be dominant here, but let's, let's go back to Iray Simone and Lenny Cattell. like how good are those two being there's oh. actually so much depth in these back lines. It's going to be a really, really good battle. I, I can't wait to see how it goes. And, and, and I always think that if the back lines are pretty evenly matched, you go to the forward pack and whoever can get dominance in that area generally wins the game. So I, I think the Reds have probably looked to their bench a little bit in that second half by picking their captain on the bench. You know, they're, they're obviously expecting it to to come down to a late one, so that's kind of one of the biggest things for me. You got the captain coming off the bench for them, and the Brumbies are probably a little bit thin in that area at the moment. Yeah,
0: I think, um, yeah, the exciting battle for me is going to be that Paisami and uh, Ikitao battle. You know what I mean? Paisami is going to have that extra onus to just be hunting him down because you give Ikitao a micro a millimeter of space and he is electric. So that's going to be really exciting to see. And, um, and yeah, I guess the last question, last thing we'll talk about for this game is um, for fantasy managers with uh, Brendan, Paenga, and Mosa starting, I think, for the third week in a row um, for the Reds, uh, despite Alex Murphy having a fantastic season. Um, look, I think we've always said BPA is probably the strongest scrummager, and this is certainly a game where that's needed. Um, but look, I think I think BPA is understated. Uh, certainly, Murphy has been awesome, but you know we, we again forget that Brendan was the starting his hooker by the end of last year. So um, I probably expect him to. I mean, it's hard to say, but keep starting. Um, uh, Murphy will certainly get some more starts this year. But um, for anyone, any of those fantasy managers wondering what's going on. It's really hard to say, I guess. Do you guys see anything differently?
2: No, I think that sums it up. Look, I, I think they're both options. It might be occasionally a horses for courses, but, you know, Brendan Pagamosa was their out-and-out out starter last year. Um, so I'm not surprised that he's getting a couple of matches in a row here. All
0: right, tips for this one. Nels, you can go first.
2: Well, I, I can't go against the Reds. I, I think the Reds are going to win this in Queensland. The, the Brumbies had some frailties last week. Um, which you know they, they're going to have to turn around to to really challenge the the, the reds here. So I'm going to say the reds will break up. Well, not break away. The reds will get a win, and I'll say it'll probably be by five points, five six points.
1: Yeah, you got to you got to back the team at home. Um, I, I think massively in these games, every single time they play, it's how the Reds can roll, uh, can defend against the Brumbies' rolling ball. And I'm yet to see them actually have a good answer for that. So that's worth a couple of tries to the the Brumbies. So to me, I'm going to go a small margin as well, three points.
0: Yeah, I wanted to go the Reds by a bit more because of Liam Wright coming back, but the Brumbies also have Alatoa coming back as well. So. I think it'll be a close one. I forget what Nell said, but I'm I'm going to go the um the Reds by five. Is that what you said?
2: I said five or six, mate. I'll take six. That's fine.
0: Sounds good. Excellent. All right. Well, let's. That'll move us on to Super Rugby Aotearoa Round Seven. Uh, the buys this week. The Blues have the buy, um, and the first game of the weekend. The Highlanders and the Chefs uh, under the roof. How exciting! Fantasy points galore. Harry, do you want to take us through the returning players and injuries and whatnot?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So basically the entire Chiefs team is back this week. You've got Pippa <laughs> Bayer coming back from his concussion. Uh, Lachlan Beaucher is fit and ready coming back from his foot injury as well. Attending Nanai Saturo back from his hamstring injury. Josh Lord back from his shoulder injury. Uh, Jonah Lowe has been unwell, so he obviously got a lot of time on the, the wing as well. So, contention as well. Balen Sullivan, no idea what he did, but apparently, he's fit and healthy again. So, I don't know if that means that his actual chance to get game time, I suspect not. And then finally, uh, Sioni Maffaleo uh, is back from his back injury as well. So, gonna be good to see. I, I think him getting a few more minutes as well because he's been solid for them at the start of this year as well. The bowling ball.
2: That's right. Yeah. Look, uh, an interesting point out of this one is it's the Highlanders are sitting in third versus the Chiefs who are sitting in fourth. Um, There's one point difference between them on the table. You know, it's double points technically when you're versing each other, you know, so it's going to be a very important one deciding who's going to be in that third spot. It's still up for grabs between the two of them and the Hurricanes But if you get a win out of this one, you're going a long way towards locking yourself in a third position and earning yourself a final playoff.
0: Yep, very good. Now, as I said, fantasy points in this game. Under the roof, um, you know, we say every week under the roof, Highlanders points. But for mine in this one, it's the styles of play. So the Chiefs, as we know, have the most, uh, you know, helter-skelter, expansive style of play, in previous years, they have been the team to go to for fantasy points. And I think what that will do is that will just bring out more of that style of play from the Highlanders. So, you know, the Highlanders can play it in tight, can kick for territory, slow it down. But they've shown that they're quite capable of really speeding it up and playing some expansive footy. And I think that that's, they'll probably look to do that. Um, with the exception of, I do think that one of their strengths will be the rolling mall. Um, and that's something that we'll be hoping to poach a try or two from. But, um, yeah, certainly fantasy points galore in this one. Um, who will be starting in some of the outside back positions? It's anyone's guess, but um, who wants to take a guess for that? Harry does.
1: Yep. Nana Satura, I think his defence was woeful for every tackle yeah. he missed. He did break a tackle, though. But I think more points for breaking
0: tackles than missing them, Harry. So fantasy managers don't care. Um,
1: yeah, that's right. They do. Uh, Sean Wainui has been very good for them. I, I know he's a bit of a favorite son. So I could see him starting at 10 on, and Sotoro coming back off the bench. And General Lowe, they've, they've shown they really like as well. So I still stand by the fact that Chase Tietina needs to, to find a oh, space in this team. But, um, my suspicion is Wainui and. Low, I'm going to go. Just throw Harry, Throw it out to the
0: universe, what we want to see. Tia Tia is starting on the wing. Tia Tia and then Isoturo. that's what we want to see. Um, please, yeah. please us all. Excitement, I'm with you 100%. But no, Tia yeah. Tia, they've had this whole chat about him being the utility player off the bench, so I can't see him not being in that 23 jersey, unfortunately.
1: So, Dougie, yeah. uh, for me, there's a much bigger question at play here, <laughs> and that is obviously Sam Kane is injured. He's gone for the rest of the season. How much better can the Chiefs actually get now that they don't, they're not forced to play the All Blacks captain in the seven jersey?
0: Well, I think you just answered your own question, the All Blacks captain. Um, but I think the chances of a Boschier, uh donning a jersey have gone up a substantially. Uh, whether that's Lachlan Boshear returning from the bench and Kalen, br- brother Kalem is starting or vice versa, um, I think we could be seeing a Boshear play this week. And I, I think there's
2: two options. You have Lachlan Boschier playing at seven um, and Peter Gus at eight, or we're shifting Jacobson into that seven. He is, he's a makeshift seven. He's not really a seven, he's an eight, but he's done it there at minor 10. He's done it a little bit earlier, you know, a couple of years ago, for the Chiefs as well. But I don't think we see Caleb Boschier coming into this starting side.
0: No, look I think certainly uh, but Jacobson is a six that's his position he's, he's been playing out of position playing an eight now I think we will you know see, him well I think we will see Jacobson at six and Peter Gus at eight um, it's just yeah who who is playing seven basically um, and obviously if he is fit and up to match fitness that will be Bosch here and that will be a pretty incredible back three so and oh yeah
1: it means you guys don't see Sam penny for now as an option in the loose <laughs> as
0: well no. I, I, I don't. Uh, I, Jacobson is. I think they're going to want to go with the combo of Jacobson at six and Peter Gus at eight. That's yeah, they're probably their strongest suit there. Um, and for now, look, he's a great bench option. Can be lock or come on in the back row. But um, yeah, I think he, I think we might see very well see him on the bench. So yeah, um, that'll be good. Uh, in terms of tens, Trask or Gatland, surely Trask. Uh, it's under the roof. They want to play attacking footy. Um, yes, Gatlin knows the ground, knows the Highlanders and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think you want to play some attacking footy. Obviously, dmac will come in and play 10 for the last 20. What, are you guys on the same page as me, Trask?
1: No, yeah. I've never said that. You've always said that. I, I think, I think Trask,
0: right. Trask didn't
2: really... Get to show what, you know, he, he has to offer or he doesn't have anything to offer in his last outing. Um, but Gatlin also hasn't really set the world alight there as well. The, the one option that I think Gatlin, or one thing Gatlin offers is he's probably got a little bit better control off the boot, not that he's necessarily shown it consistently through throughout this year. But, look, I mean, it's flip a coin for these two.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Caleb Trask is up to the task and um, just brings, it wasn't last time, but he, he brings that attacking line up so much quicker. So yes. um, that'll be. it. I mean, like, as I said, it'll be, Can the chase stop that rolling ball? I don't know, um, but otherwise, will, can they bring the type of rugby they had been bringing in the second half last time they played? So that's that'll be hey, the, Mr.
1: Clutch. He will no problem.
0: Highlanders. Uh, Fakatava out for the season, ACL injury. Um, that Thanks. brings Aaron. Oh, oh, no, that brings All Black and the best halfback of the world back starting. What a tragedy. Um, <laughs> I think that means we'll see Kanye Hamilton. I like to refer to him as Kanye. Uh, Kane Hamilton in on the bench. Um, other selections for them. What do we see? So, obviously, some of these players that were not played last week for disciplinary issues. I think. They're all back in the running, but definitely well, Tom, some questions around them.
1: Thomas Manger Jensen obviously played it inside last week Sorry. and broke yeah. his arm as well, so he's out for three months. So th- I think the first question is what happens in that center pairing? Do that?
0: straight back in.
1: But you know, apparently Scott Gregory is considered as a center as well, so I, I don't know if he can play inside center. That's probably the big question. But uh, you know, he's he's an outside chance in that position as well, and then that obviously has ramifications to what they do in the outside backs.
2: I, I think, yeah, my money would be on Tomkinson coming back into that that 12 jersey. Really shores up the defence for them as well. I, I can't see them shifting Hunt around again and Yuani and doing something completely different and doing that 10-12 again, but I suppose that that's an option for them as well.
0: Yep, and the outside backs, uh, Conor Garden Batrip, uh, had a has a terrible name but had a great game um, last week, scored a try, he just looks better and better. So I think, you know, do you think his best position is fullback or on the wing?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think it's at the moment in, in open, expensive footy. He's showing he's doing very well at that 15 jersey. I still think there's things we need to see him add to his game to, to really take it to the next level in terms of, you know, a bit more of a kicking game and adding a few different options there. But his ability to attack the line and inject himself has been really, really good at 15.
0: All right, now let's go kind of rapid fire. Just the last selection questions I'm going to hit each of you. Harry, if Joshuani's back, do we see him at 15 and Mitch Hunt at 10 based on how well both of those them played in those positions the last Joshuani's two games?
1: Got a, he's, he's the ringleader of that uh, bad boys for life group, so he's going to be off the bench. He's going to have to earn his way back in. Okay.
0: Very good. All right, Nels, um, let's him talk forwards. Mika uh, Mikaeli Tuu, the uh, you know prospective next Black number 8 they talked about last year. Um, him in or the man that's in your fantasy team, uh, Kazuki Himeno? I, I think Kazuki Himeno gets another chance.
2: It, honestly, I, I, I do. And, and Michele Tuu coming off the bench. And I think he'll
0: get some decent time, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I think he'll have to work his way back in. And I did say rapid fire, but I thought there was a great one about Himeno um, having his dinner paid for or something this week uh, mm-hmm. by some Highlanders fans. He wanted to pay the bill that was already paid. That was great. Uh, the last rapid-fire one, I saw someone delete it because they don't care, but too bad. Nels, uh, open-side flanker, Billy Harmon or James Lenches? Um, Lenches was off the bench last week. What do we think?
1: Mate, uh, to be fair, I'd
2: like to see Lenches get some more game
1: time. So would I. No, nah, Billy Harmon, mate.
0: It's him all the way. No, uh, it, it's going to be Harmon, but I'd like to see Lenches get some more game time. Harmon's a very solid Very good. Um, Do you guys see anything else in the tactics for this one? Like I said, I think the Highlanders will match the Chiefs, play some fast footy, but they will look for maybe to use the rolling maul. Anything else tactically on this, or do you want to just um, tip it
1: out? Well, the one thing I would say is the Highlanders really impressed me with their ability to, to continuously apply pressure against the the Crusaders last week. And for the first time in a long, long time, we saw the Crusaders actually start to crack under that pressure and they looked really frantic. So I, I can't put my finger on the one thing they did to make that happen. I thought they controlled field position well. I thought Mitch Hunt controlled the game very well. But I think if they play like that, they're going to be hard to beat. But, you know, backing up a performance like that is exceptionally hard. But uh, I, I don't believe the Chiefs in the first few weeks of this competition show that they really have the answers to that kind of game plan. So that, that's a big one for me. How do the Highlanders control the tempo of the game?
0: That's true. If the, uh, if you can make the Crusaders crack under pressure, the Chiefs are are well, going to have a tough time. that. It's going to be a long day for them. So, all right, tipping this one, I'll go first. I think the Highlanders are going to get it done at home, um, not just because they beat the Crusaders, but um, I just think they're going to get it done. I'm going to say by 10 huge Sorry.
1: I'm gonna go oh. with Chiefs because I love the Chiefs by six just because I love the Chiefs
0: Very good. I'm
2: gonna go the Chiefs because I love the Chiefs <laughs> but no I also think that the Chiefs have been underrated and they've shown some really solid glimpses so I, I think the Chiefs will get this one done um, I'll say three points.
0: Can I change my pick back to the Chiefs now? Because I have heaps of Chiefs fan- in my fantasy yeah. team. But um, yeah. uh, too late. Okay. It suck, mate, doesn't um, it? <laughs> all right. will <laughs> <Clans laughs> <laughs> lose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that takes us on to the next game the Hurricanes and the Crusaders Sunday afternoon game. Fantastic. We're not going to get our lineups for our trade night tomorrow night. How good's that? Um, you, let's
2: just Let's just sum this up. Crusaders by how
0: much? <laughs> we said that last week. Did we not? Yeah, but now the Crusaders don't lose two in a row. They win by 100 the second following week. That is true. If, you've, if you're if you a long-time listener, you will have heard us say this uh, many times before. When the Crusaders lose, you hate to be the next team that's playing them because they do come out with all fire and vengeance and they crush everyone. So, going to be tough for the Hurricanes. It is at home in Wellington for them, but um, yes, it's going to be the full wrath of a full-strength Crusaders team. Uh Harry, who's, we've only got one player returning in this one.
1: Yeah, well, Safran is coming back from his AC joint injury. We expect him to play probably straight off the bench considering Coles is in pretty red-hot form. Uh, I did double-check Tom Sanders as well, the colonel. Um, he obviously had that cheek fracture early on. The competition was gone for six weeks. And <laughs> all I found was a, t- a title, Chef's Struggle to Uncover the Secret KFC Recipe After Being Set task. So they're hard at work trying to find out what the Colonel's up to, but at the moment, no more news. I like it.
0: Very good. And uh, I'm not sure if Sanders is back, if he's much of a chance of starting with, uh, you you know, Cullen Grace, uh, Blackadder and Vettu Douglas um, all kind of in front of him, you have to think. But um, certainly that chicken recipe, uh, I am interested in it. So uh, (laughs) anyway, um, this one, talking about the teams, uh, yeah, I guess – Selection issues, the Crusaders. I mean, we'll talk about it last week. Let's just start on the big one, close to my fantasy team. Leicester Fajang Nuku started again last week. Is, is that it? I mean, I was bold yeah. and I held him past the bye and he did start last week, but this could no, be could be it. Look, I mean,
2: they, they were talking about giving Bridge a chance on both wings. I think you were lucky to have Leicester Fajang Nuku last match out. I think at this point... I'd be putting my money here on the bench, covers 13 as well. We see Bridge and Reese on the wings. You know, the guys that should be there and should have always been there. And also happily see Reese dropped out the other side completely just for
1: this week.
0: You, you mean the starting all black wing is uh, yeah. starting for the Crusaders? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say it, but. Um...
1: And, I mean, we, we know where your head stands here, Carg, because you were trying to sell Fanger and Nuka for $0.10 cents on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Mate, uh, three weeks ago I was trying to sell him uh, for anything, but um, no no bites, unfortunately. So, um,
1: Billy Proctor, Peter Amonga-Jensen, anything changing on that one, guys?
0: Mate, I don't know, have any idea what's going on there. Clearly, Peter Amonga-Jensen is about a zillion times better than Billy Proctor, um, the all-black Peter Amonga-Jensen. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's some disciplinary issues or something. He hasn't even got the time to light it up when he gets on the field. Um,
1: I was going to say, Amango Jensen did get something like 30 minutes this week. So it was, he didn't continue that slide down because I think he played as little as nine the week before that. So they had completely lost faith. So I I'm hopeful that this is the week that he actually plays more than 40 minutes by starting the game.
0: I mean, they are very different players. Billy Proctor is a lot faster, and if you believe the coach is uh, the brother of and possibly the fastest player in New Zealand rugby. Uh, no, sorry, it's the best centre, not the fastest, the best centre in New Zealand rugby. Um, but I mean, they do bring different stuff, but Peter Umanga jensen just brings heaps more stuff uh, and is a much better player. I, I more stuff.
1: Say, I honestly thought you were going to say they're really different players because Peter Umunga-Jensen is <laughs> he's
0: good. Yeah, he's good. Full <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, Sevilla, yeah. Julian Sevilla and Wes Husson. Uh, I think we can agree that Ray Arsie's locked down that left wing 11 jersey. Sevilla versus Husson, Who is Who are we going to see? Husson. Uh,
2: I'd like to see Sevilla. I don't think we've, you know, had much of a consistent sort of performance from Husson this year. But, I mean, in previous years, he's been so good. I mean, I, I, I could see this going either way. But for my fantasy team, I'll stay Sevilla starting.
1: No, Sevilla starting. I'm with you. I don't want him to because you've got him and I'm playing this week. But uh, I think you will start.
0: Very good. Um, any other changes I think we see? So, yeah, I think you're right. safo so moves straight to the bench. That's going to be some pretty good impact. Um, I don't know. I mean, Auburn Ledger has really just been, you know, uh, a number on the field. Um, haven't yeah. really seen much more than that from him. I personally would like to see, I don't know, what, I, I've said it a few times no. before, but Geordie at 10. No, 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 no. Mate, they've got Lalagi Visenia. Sitting on the bench he's only. Tw- I thought he was much older He's, he's only 20
1: on 20- What do you mean? He's not sitting on the bench Sorry, he's not, not even there. on the
0: bench But he's fit Mate, I thought he was much older I thought he was like coming back After a career overseas In his 30s He's 28 Mate, he was sick Get him on there He's absolutely
1: nowhere near that side Ruben Love Is a better chance To start at 10 Than vizinho To get in the 23
0: I 100% agree Well That's BS um, And probably correct So Um <laughs> All right. Any other points? I mean, so the Crusaders look. Yep, they'll come out firing. They'll go back to what they know, um, apply pressure, territory. Do they take points against the Hurricanes early? Uh, no. Knowing well, they just they just go all out. No, this is statement Geordie.
1: time. This is yeah. statement time. Of the I end. mean, Jordy
0: obviously will be taking points from everywhere on the field. The Hurricanes. Anything will be. within 60, yeah. 65 maybe. But, but the Crusaders, honest,
1: Hurricanes could keep t- the scoreboard ticking over because the Crusaders are the most heavily penalised side. So I actually think that they're in they're in a bit of strife with that.
0: Yep. All right. Any other points? I'm I'm kind of out of ideas here, but... Um...
1: No, look, I, I think the Crusaders are going to win this through
2: their forwards and just present their lethal, lethal backs with just such a good platform. You know, these, these players are going to come out firing after last week. I, I feel sorry for the Canes. They better get lots of opportunities. And Jordy Barrett, Barrett better lift his kicking percentage from distance because he's going to have to take absolutely everything within 65 metres to be able to have any chance to be in
0: this match. Jordy Barrett just puts in for some annual leave or something this week. He goes and plays golf instead over the weekend. You know, it just saves himself the trouble. I don't know. but um, Good
1: I think um, the one thing I would say is I think Artie Sevilla is starting to look a little bit tired. It's not so often that he doesn't look like he just wants to destroy every single player on the field, including his own, but he just starts to look like he's getting a bit tired and a bit exhausted with the weight of carrying this team.
0: I'm I mean, fairly sure this is Harry's reverse psychology strategy. He's trying to rev, rev Artie up for a big game this weekend, really stick it to Nelson. He's trying to tell, he's hoping, Artie obviously is a big listener of our podcast. So he's hoping that he really gets to him and um, revs him up.
2: Look, Artie, he, he's returned from injury. So it's probably a bit rough last season, but he was quiet for a handful of games and then had a, a chunk of games afterwards where he's really solid and consistent. So it's been a while since he's had to. Actually, you know, fight it out for a full season. Last year was very, very disrupted, you know, not just because of COVID, actually because of his injuries as well. So, I mean, he's doing a lot for that team. He's having to have big matchups week in, week out. So, he might be a little bit fatigued.
0: Very good. All right. Two tips for this game. First tip is Will Duplessis Karifi get a yellow card? Yes or no? Yes. Two. Good. Excellent. And tip for the result of this game. Don't need to tell me which team you think is going to win. Just the score would be fine. I'm going to go the team that is going to win by 15. Nelson? I'm going to be big here. I'm going to say 25.
1: Oh. I'm just looking at the line. The line is nine and a half points. Get oh, your on it, guys. <laughs> that is ridiculous. You guys. Uh, look, 14 yeah. points. 14 Yeah,
0: points. Your partner should be worried. You guys are looking at second mortgages right now. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, just be careful, boys. All right. Um very good. Uh, Harry, don't... Tr- yeah, don't sh- right. Unless you're showing us your losses as well, mate, don't show us anything, right? Um, no. now, all right? No. Now, that will round out our uh, previews. And, Harry, I believe you've got dessert covered for us this week. What you gonna do with that? Deserto.
1: I do, mate. Um I was going to say... Pilk, thank you very much for the dessert Uh, and Pilk is so low calorie and for dessert this week we're having exactly what you see here, nothing, so low (laughs) calories that you can't even see it. Uh, I
2: I have a question, Pilk. So um, Alex Pagonis, right, Pagonis. Pagonis. Does Pilk stand for Pagonis milk or is there something else to it? No, that's it that's it that's it because i thought it could be plant-based milk ah, Yeah, yeah sorry no that's right yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a great Planet prank though he's just like you you were all eating my milk
1: um yeah. so on that the one thing i would say i do actually when i said that i didn't realize i did have a dessert quick update on oh. the uh sevens program so the players like uh, Clark, Nanai Saturo, Radamatavuki, Neatkins, Rayasi, all of them could be uh, absent for the now confirmed Trans Tasman fixtures in Super Rugby. Oh, cool. I've said that these players need to join the competition from May if they to ha- are to have any chance of playing in the Olympics, which is obviously a big draw card for a lot of these young players. Um, that means that they can play through the end of Super Rugby Aotearoa and then they're expected to join the squad. So just for fantasy managers out there or just fans of the game that are trying to predict who's going to go where in that competition, there will be a few of those players that are, are likely to disappear. On the Australian front, I know Tim Anstey has come out and said, you know, as a member of the Wallaby squad, his dream is to play both. So he wants to disappear and play sevens for the Olympics, then come back and play some test matches for the Wallabies. wants think- it all. Yeah. So, yeah, one's at all, exactly, which, I mean, I love that. That's good. But uh, I think similarly for the the Australian side, they haven't said when they need them in camp to be playing, but it sounds like Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and maybe a couple of other sides in this kind of part of the world are going to be running some uh, practice tournaments and things in the lead up to the Olympics. So all those players that you would think from the rebels that are all sitting on the bench at the moment, they're all going to disappear as well.
0: And I think a lot of the players have clearly stated, like Caleb Clark and Ray Arcey, for example, have clearly said that they want to go to the Olympics. I mean, it is a huge draw card. Um, yeah. My only question is, we'll have to get on the, the phone or get him on the podcast, Tim Walsh. Uh, why has he not um, signed up Taniela Tupo yet for the uh, Aussie sevens team? Um, you know, um, to, play,
2: to play like one of the outside backs in sevens or?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just oh, save. Oh, you know oh, what? Don't, don't even play him any games and then just put him in the squad, unveil him for the final. Whatever the our, you know the list, just the, the final, bring him on, and our team will have any idea what to do, and we'll win. That's done. Jock I think ball. I'll run around him. But, yeah, look, uh, it's someone that they can't run around.
2: Michael Wells, just while we're talking sevens, how good was his cover tackle coming across to get Jock Campbell? It hurt me with Jock Campbell on my side, but it was absolutely amazingly impressive.
0: He kind of like he looks a bit weird when he runs, but he goes. he's very quick, Michael Wells. He kind of he looks, looks like the Terminator, like liquid man from Terminator. Yeah, he, so, you know he
2: looked mean? like his joints were very stiff, but he ran very quick. But look, we're, we're going on a tangent. This is a, this is a new week for us guys, a new setup. So if you like this, let us know. Harry's trying to tell us that there's no more Pilk. So just make sure, all we'll Pagonist, you send us some more Pilk ice cream. But yeah, anything else you boys want to add?
0: I think that's going to do it for us. That's another week. And um, we will catch you again in the next one.
1: Can't wait to brag next week about beating Nelson. It's not going to happen. Hooroo.